Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, we are in a season of Advent. If you grew up in a very liturgical church, the idea of an Advent would be very, very common to you. If you grew up in a more of a non-denominational type of church like myself, this would be very strange and unknown to you. But the truth is, many of the traditions of man for man make the power of God of no effect in our life. But a tradition of man because of God, for God, all of a sudden, it actually may bring an incredible tool to bring the gospel about. Let me explain what I mean. You have a wreath. In this case, it's a circle, which is great, but it's evergreen because God's love is always and eternal and forever. You also have these multiple candles. Some of them only have four, but we have five. And that is because there's four candles, one for hope, one for peace, joy, which is the pink, and then love, But the last one, which we'll get on Christmas Eve, is the center candle, which represents Christ. See, it's designed that the first half is about preparation, so we repent. We're we're cleansing our souls of things that we know that aren't right in the Advent. What is the word Advent? It comes from the Latin Adventus, meaning arrival, God's arrival. And so this center candle represents Christ our Savior. And so it's also the second half is this whole idea of celebration. So you go from repentance to celebration, and it's all a countdown to Jesus in the center. Amen? Amen. The birth of Jesus, it was and is cause for great joy in amongst the people of God who had been waiting for generation after generation, all the way back from Abraham, for this promised Messiah. Messiah is what we would call in the, in the Hebrew, and in the Greek we would say Christ. Did you not know, and if you didn't, be good to know, those two words are actually one in the same, depending on the language is the only difference. So, during the season of Advent, we reflect on His great hope, His peace, His joy, which we cover today. Next week, we'll cover love. And then on Christmas Eve day, the final one would be the Savior, which is actually Christ. Amen? So Lord, as we celebrate Your birth, we're reminded of this great joy that all who witness Your first moments on earth must have experienced. And may Your people be filled with joy this Christmas season as they too are preparing themselves by repenting of those things that aren't right and celebrating because of the cause of Christ and His arrival. And Lord, always lifting up the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back, church. It's that time of year that we've set aside to remember the arrival of Jesus. I mean, 
Sometimes it's, it's just really hard to imagine. We just kind of take it, and, and sometimes we take it as just a fable, as a story, instead of as historical truth. Do you realize that the, at the switching from B.C. to A.D., that mark was the birth of God? It was the birth of God. Not that God hadn't existed already, but that He was born in human form. I mean, that's just amazing. The season of Advent, it leads us up to this moment when Jesus has arrived. When Jesus was born. And with all that prophetic hope, the promise of the Messiah to redeem the people of God because of all their sin, all the way back to the place called the Garden of Eden. Do you know everything about Jesus is not only good for us and those we know, but it's good for everybody from the Garden of Eden all the way to the time Jesus will come. And everything in between. That includes all the people you love and the people you don't love. It's for all of them! Jesus' arrival, His birth, brought great cause for great joy. And in the monks of, of the people of God, a people who have been waiting since Father Abraham for their Messiah to come. I, I wonder, had they gotten so weary and just thought, well, here just comes one of those cultural weird things out of our faith. You know, some guy, the Messiah is supposed to come. Whatever. Been saying that for hundreds and hundreds of years. I I wonder, do we do that? I mean, we're waiting for an arrival too. It's called the second coming. I wonder how many of us have gotten exhausted and been waiting. How many Easter's do we have to go through here? I mean, how bad does it have to get, Lord? I mean, can we talk? I mean, I know we're all Christians, but let's be honest. How do Christians think in their head when they're looking at this stuff and they're reading their Bibles all alone? Sometimes they have those thoughts. Maybe it's because we're allowing a vain imagination to enter in. But Jesus has come that He would literally capture he would overtake our vain imagination bring it into the captivity of christ so he i would have the mind of christ and that those thoughts wouldn't overtake me it wouldn't overtake you great is our god and he's coming again it's a great hope that should give you peace you know what happens when you have peace you have confidence. You just have confidence. This is going to be all right. You can literally address that ball and you can go like this and you got confidence. And it's going to go 300 yards. Anything can happen in a video game. Today, we reflect on this great joy. And as we sing, we're reminded of some of these great old Christmas songs one we just sung joy to the world the lord is come
Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room and heaven and nature sing. I mean, this popular song was written by a guy by the name of Isaac Watts. And it celebrates this joyful occasion of the Lord's coming. But the truth is, he didn't write it to be a Christmas song. He's literally writing it out of Psalm 98 and really focusing on verse 9. And there in verse 9, it read, Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. That's the second coming. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with Equity, meaning righteousness. Wow! Today, as we consider the joy that comes from Jesus, we're going to really look at Luke chapter 2. And describe, it really describes this interaction between the angels and the shepherds. Okay, So if you want to follow along with me as I read out loud, Luke chapter 2, we'll start at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Aquarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. You see, when they got engaged, it was recognized in their culture legally that they were married. And so he had to bring her because he was recognizing her as his betrothed, as his wife-to-be. And so for the record-keeping, for the census, he had to bring her and not just say, I have a pregnant woman back home. That's just how they did their stuff. So this is following the the historical accuracy of how things were done during that time. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the firstborn, a son. She wrapped him. Did you notice how it said, her firstborn? You catch that? Why? Because it's not Joseph's. Joseph's the adopted dad. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. That's a feeding trough. Wow. Because there was no guest room available for them. Right here in the story, it begins to now pivot from Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus and there in the barn. By the way, most likely... Uh, a lot of the barns that we think of, we think of like the Midwest, you know, those nice big red buildings and whatnot. A lot of times they had these cutouts in the side of a hill or out of rock, like a, almost a cave, but not. And they would just put a fence over the entranceway, and that's what they would use as, quote-unquote, a barn. Can you imagine? That's not even a nice hallmark barn for Jesus. He's in like a cave. And, and so it shifts from Mary and Joseph, and now it's going to shift to the story about the angels and shepherds. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, say it with me, terrified. terrified. I don't know about you, but if some seven, eight foot, nine foot, ten foot angel dropped in, had to, had to bend down to walk, to squeeze through this doorway, and then stood up and almost hit his head up there, I think most of us would be going, yeah, I think we'd all be going, ah! We would be scared. These guys were scared. They're out in the pitch dark, waiting for the wolves or something to come eat one of their sheep. I think it's understandable to picture them afraid. But then this angel, in all tenderness, and yet with all incredible joy and excitement that's just bubbling out of the angel. Why? Angels are heralds. Heralds are messengers. Can you imagine? It's kind of like being a journalist. I got the greatest story. I can't wait to get to the microphone and get to my email so I can, I can send this out. Can you imagine the angels like chomping at the bits? He's born, 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 he's born. I got to tell somebody. And there's some guys out there with the sheep. I'm going over there. And they show up. Not by accident. Because what most of us don't know is in Bethlehem, this is where they breeded the sheep that would be used for the Passover. They had a religious connotation, a spiritual meaning that these little lambs were going to be used as an offering. And the announcement goes to the shepherds where one of the lambs or the Lamb of God has been born. Who better appreciate the birth of a lamb Lamb of God, then a shepherd. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, just the gentleness, do not be afraid. Can you imagine this giant of an angel? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great, say it with me, joy. For all the people. Not just the Hebrew. Not just the American Christian. For all people. For everyone. Isn't it amazing how all over the world Christmas is celebrated? You ask all over the world, people will tell you one of the greatest times of the year is and they'll say, Christmas! Christmas. Isn't that amazing? Oh, we live like hell the other 11 months out of the year, but come that time of year, we live like heaven where we don't focus on ourselves. It's not me, myself, and I. It's Jesus. It's others and yourself last. It's joy. Jesus. Others. Yourself last. But when we live like hell, it's me, 
myself and I. It's from the kingdom of darkness versus living for the kingdom of light. Do not be afraid, says the angel. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. And immediately the the great fear that was present must have just been overshadowed by that announcement. I have good news for great joy. What could that good news be? What would those shepherds must have been thinking about or imagining in the presence of the angel in this heavenly message? It's clear to us as we look backwards in time as we see how these events unfolded to understand the angels were pronouncing the birth of the promised Messiah. Now, sometimes we got to stop recognizing we're on this side of Old Testament, New Testament. We're on the New Testament side. But for them, even in the book of Matthew, in, the, in this first chapter or so, you got to understand that's still Old Testament. It's right at the transition. They hadn't heard any prophet in over 400 years. And all of a sudden they're hearing, what? It happened. And they were the first ones on the thread to get all the information. They didn't have to go look on any platform and see what's on TikTok or something. Did somebody see this? Do we have video of it? I mean, they got it right from the horse's mouth. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine the celebration? Can you imagine how they must have just looked at each other and just speechless? And then immediately after, they start singing all of the angels. Man, talk about a service. This was cause for a great celebration. In fact, it's one of the reasons we still celebrate it today. Why the season of Advent is important. Because Jesus was born. The birth of Jesus is both the good news and the reason for the great joy. And why those angels proclaimed it in Luke chapter 2. As I quoted earlier, I want to share those words again from from that song. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room and heaven and nature sing. I mean, these lyrics remind me of the most popular and often quoted verse in all of Christendom. Would you say it with me? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, one of those things that are so popular after a while could actually just be taken for granted. You ever ever notice that? 
You know, whether it's a, a grandparent, a mom, a dad, and it's kind of like, oh, they just expect it. Right? I wonder, do we kind of do that to John 3.16? Do we just kind of just take it for granted? That's, yeah, yeah, for God's love the world. Ain't that beautiful? I wonder if we were to sit down and just read John 3.16 and just read it over and over and over and over until God spoke to you. Until God crushed you on the inside. Read it. Really read it. Not with the eyes, but from here. Can you imagine, if you're honest, how dark you can be sometimes? Can you imagine those things in the past that nobody knows about but you? And he says, for God so loved Marvin that he sent his only son. I'm not making you feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel shame. I'm praying that the joy of the Lord would overtake you. I don't deserve John 3.16. How about you? I don't deserve Christmas. Which means I don't deserve Easter. But His grace, His mercy... His love, it overwhelms me. Oh Lord, thank you. And then the joy of the Lord will overtake. Why? No father wants his kids crying at Christmas. It's a time of joy. He wants you smiling. He can't wait for you to open up that present of His. In John 3.16, we are just opened up to the plan of God. The plan is salvation for the world. And with that, the motivation behind it. Love. The good news and great joy of Luke 2 was for all the people, meaning the whole world, from the beginning of time to the end of time. This means all the people that came for Jesus. Even the ones that put Him on the cross. In Luke 2, verse 11, it says, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the news that we share with others. When they ask us why we celebrate Christmas the way we do, let's point them back to Luke chapter 2. And let's point them back to John 3.16. And let it be real. Because we don't get the good news and the great joy of Easter without Christmas. And we don't get Christmas without Easter. Do you realize if Easter doesn't happen and the empty tomb is not empty, 
that Jesus is wrapped up like a mummy. His body would still be there. Do you realize who gives a rip about Christmas? Do you catch that? But the tomb is empty. The blood is stained on the cross. And because of that, the virgin birth means something. It means God came. Why? Because sin had entered the world, Adam and Eve, Marvin, you, and now we're trapped. We have no hope. But Jesus is born. Now there's hope. Now there's peace. Now there's joy. All motivated by love. So when Easter comes, He looks down and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the plan. They're not getting it. But that's okay. They will. Wow. As we come to a close, I I got a good old-fashioned Reader's Digest Christmas story. I just thought I had to read it to you. and It goes like this. It had been a tough year for my family. Anybody ever go through a tough year at Christmas? Yeah? Yeah, just us? Okay, I get it. Whenever my mom looked over at the Christmas tree and the scattered presents, she would just sigh and warn us, there won't be as much for Christmas this year. Try not to be disappointed, kids. Christmas had traditionally been a time for my parents to spoil us. In years past, the presents would pile up and spill out from under the tree, taking over the living room. I had heard the phrase, giving is better than receiving. But I thought whoever had said that must have been out of their mind. Getting presents was the whole point. It was the reason I couldn't get to sleep on Christmas Eve. On Christmas morning, we eagerly waited in the hallway until Dad told us everything was ready. We rushed into the living room and let the wrapping paper fly. We made weak attempts to wait while other family members were opening their presents. Oh! But as the time passed, we lost our self-control. Here's another one for you, said Mom. And she handed me a package. I looked at it, confused. Having spent so much time examining the presents before Christmas, I recognized that box, and it had my mom's name on it. It wasn't mine. It was my mom's. A new label had been put on it with my name written in my mother's handwriting. Mom, I can't. I was stopped by my mother's eager, joyful look. A look I could not really understand. Let's see what it is, honey. Hurry and open it. It was a blow dryer. Though this may seem but a simple gift, To me, it was so much more. Being an 11-year-old girl, I was stunned. In my world, where receiving outweighed giving by light years, my mom's act of selflessness was incomprehensible. 
It was a huge act. Tears filled my eyes and I thought in disbelief about how much my mom must love me to give up her Christmas so I could have a few more presents. I've always remembered that Christmas fondly. It had such an impact on me as an adult with children in my life whom I adore now. I can now understand my mom's action. I see how she was not giving up her Christmas as I had thought, but was finding an even greater joy in her Christmas. Because giving truly is better than receiving. My mom's simple act meant the world to me. And I'll never forget it. Jesus gave up His life so that we could find ours. So that through Him, we might find eternal joy and salvation. How might you share the good news with others this Christmas? Who might you share it with? Maybe just one. You know, if you dare to ask God who I could share the Christmas story with, He'll answer it. He'll give you that person. And you can share with Him or her about the joy of the Lord. Maybe as you consider Christmas, you might want to consider how to make sure Jesus stays at the center of Christmas in your house. Maybe consider reading the real story of Christmas in Luke chapter 2 to your family out loud. Maybe getting the family in the living room, around the table, and before you eat or before you open up the presents, you just have everyone, could you just share one little prayer? Just one little prayer. Just one little prayer. And you just go around. It's an amazing thing when a whole family prays together. Not one person, but everybody hearing each person pray. Lord, I pray for Your people as we're preparing for Christmas that arrival of Christ. Help us to focus on these things this Advent season of what great hope it is in Jesus. Oh, the peace that overtakes us because of Christ. The joy. Next week as we get into love and then finally on Christmas Eve day, we'll cover Jesus, our Savior. Lord, I pray blessing on Your people. And may they sense Your joy. Your joy. In Jesus' holy name, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.